Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and in today's episode, I am talking with Jeremy Wise, Dr. Jeremy Wise, and, and uh, really excited to have you here. Um, this is unusual that we actually are recording our conversations, but uh, but I think it'll be fun. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Jeremy, he's the co-founder of Rise25.com. They help service professionals like doctors, lawyers, accountants, coaches, consultants. Um, we could probably throw some other things in there, but um, they really are focused on helping professionals create additional revenue streams beyond just sort of the trading time for money route. And uh, and he also founded Inspired Insider, which is a fantastic podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. He interviews successful entrepreneurs uh, who have overcome big challenges. And uh, he's interviewed all kinds of people, really interesting stuff over there. Uh, founders of Atari, P90X, Einstein Bagels, all kinds of stuff. And on top of that, if he wasn't busy enough, he is a uh, a practicing chiropractor and has a business in Chicago. Uh, and so Jeremy, welcome. Really excited to be talking with you today. It's going to be fun. Steve, thank you. I'm honored. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you, like most of the people we interview here, it's like the bios. I got to edit them down because we could be an hour just on the bio. You've done a lot of stuff. You got a bunch of different businesses going. Uh, yeah. How did you get started? How'd you get to where you are right now? Well, you know, really it goes back to um, my dad. I mean, it started with chiropractic and then it kind of stemmed from there into different businesses. But my dad suffered with really bad neck pain and he went to medical professionals for a long time. And they said, you know, there's really nothing much more we can do besides the drugs. You're not a candidate for surgery. And so he just lived with it. And he decided one of his friends said, you should go to the chiropractor. And, uh, you know, He's, I've never been to one, so he decided to go, and after a couple months, he was almost 100% better. So I saw him go through that, and I wanted to do something in the, the health profession, and I, I have a different – as entrepreneurs, we have a little bit different way of thinking about things. And so I think chiropractors definitely have a little bit way of thinking about – different way of thinking about things. And so I decided to go the chiropractic route, and that, it goes against the grain, like entrepreneurs, because people are like, well, why don't you just go to medical school? That's like the normal route to take if you want to be like a health professional, and it just didn't meet with um, my thoughts on kind of, you know, health and the causes of health and things like that, so I went to into um, chiropractic school, and so I ended up going through and um, going through one of the big themes in my life and I, I think see if you agree is mentors and so I always look to people and who have done what I want to be doing or they're doing what I want to be doing and so that's what I did out of chiropractic school I actually it's a long crazy story but um, the bottom line is I uh, hired a, a very expensive um, you could say coach consulting group in the six-figure, over six-figure range um, with student debt and everything like that. And um, because they had opened 30 clinics and I wanted to learn what their systems were in practice and in business. So I actually moved to Louisville, Kentucky for a year and uh, didn't know a soul, just uprooted and went there to do this training and uh, then came back to Chicago and opened my own practice. And uh, from there, you know, as a service professional, anyone listening to this, you feel the pain of if, for, especially if you're a chiropractor, if you don't have your hands on someone, you are not making money. That that's an issue. 
you know, even if you're a coach, like you could at least be on the phone. You could be at home in your, I don't know, your boxer shorts or whatever you, whatever you can do. Like right now, I get to see the upper half of you. That's right. And hey. for all I know, you could have just boxers. I don't know. Yeah, for everybody um, listening, we do all these on Skype video, but it's, you know, I, I guess pants optional because <laughs> everything's from the waist up. So I realized there is a, you know, there's a pain in it. And so went about ways to solve that. Um, and I still love treating patients. I have a passion for health, so I still do that. But then, as you mentioned, I have these other businesses that, um, have grown out of my love for talking to successful people like yourself and what they're doing. And, um, yeah, so that brings me into kind of the realm of entrepreneurship because when you're running a small business, you have to learn, you have to market, you have to do sales, you have to do every single aspect and, um, diving deep into those aspects of what techniques are other industries using that I could be using. So I'm a big fan of, you know, innovation comes from outside industry. So I don't want to just go to chiropractic specific conferences. So I say anyone out there who's in a specific industry, typically we just go to those industry conferences. I challenge you to branch out and go to a completely different industry conference. Like, so you, you and I go to different conferences. It could be a marketing conference where there's just different marketers, consultants, coaches. That's not in the chiropractic field. And some people are like, well, why are you here? Well, I want to learn what the, you know, the top people in all industries are doing and bringing it back to what the chiropractic profession, uh, does. So, um, you know, and that kind of brings us to I was going to a conference and I was like, all I want is to be in a, a room full of smart entrepreneurs, because when you get a room full of smart entrepreneurs together, just good things happen and you get breakthroughs in your business and your life. And so I called around and I was like, help me put this together. I was already going to be in San Francisco for a few days and I'm um, going to this conference. I might as well leverage it and get a group together. And no one wanted to do it. They're like, you know enough people. Why don't you do it? I'm like, really? I'm in Chicago. You're going to make me throw this together. So I reached out to one of uh, a great you know, a great person you and I know, John Corcoran. I said, this was two weeks before the conference. I go, hey, let's do this. Like, will you help me get a group of entrepreneurs together? He's like, sure. And in John fashion. So in about less than two weeks, we end up getting 12 people in a room. Um, we charged a nominal amount. It was like $250 to come just to cover the cost of the room and the food. And, and we did a one day, um, just a one day session of, and we came up with it. Um, it was what is one breakthrough that everyone else should know in the room. We went around and what's one thing that you're experiencing a challenge in that everyone could help you with? And it was just everyone had like 10, 15 minutes through the day. And when we are done, um, you know, all sorts of things went wrong. Like we ordered food and it didn't come from Amazon. So like people were starving and like when people get hungry, they get angry too. So like, Jeremy, where's the food? I'm like, I swear I, I ordered it. So all sorts of mistakes. But what ended up coming out of that is we got feedback, you know, which the other thing we, we always say is the best thing someone can do for their business is just talk to your customer. I mean, it's so simple. Like, like what else should I be offering? What other revenue streams? What other services? What can I be doing better? How can I improve it? Well, the answer is just asking them. So we basically were like, what was horribly wrong with this that you would never want again? And the two questions we always ask and what 
just blew your mind that you want more of. And, and so we got the answers like your food thing was horrible. Like the way, <laughs> you know, like that has to change. Like got it noted. We could solve that. And then to, and anyone could apply those two questions to their business today, right? You can go back to your, your clients. You can go to past, the past clients who left you and probably get those people back or at least reintroduce them in your world. If you say, what was horribly wrong that I need to fix? And then what would you find super valuable that um, is unique to, to what I do? And, and people said, I, we love this on the loving part of it. Um, we loved it. And we also had like a magician come. We like to do a wow factor and some people weird, weirded out because they don't like magicians. I don't know why. But um, <laughs> the, the other end was they loved getting in that room and they, the criticism was they want to be longer. So that the, the, it was 12 to 6 p.m. It wasn't enough time, 10 to 15 minutes. So the next one we did was two and a half days. Um, and then, you know, with the experience and the wow, we had to charge more. So it went from like $250 charging and the next one was uh, almost 4000 So, um yeah, so that's kind of the journey and that that we didn't even mean for it, you know, Steve to be a business. Like like Rise 25 what it is. We didn't have a website for like people people I'm in conversation like what should I brand it? What should the website be? What should the name be? I'm like who cares? Like just we didn't have a website for like a year and a half and we didn't have a name. We didn't have Rise 25. It was just do you want to come to our entrepreneur retreat? So we just wanted to get it started, prove the concept um, once we started getting traction. And it was not a business. It was just John and I getting a group of people together. And then, but we, being in that room, we just, John always jokes, because every time we're in one of these sessions, he's like, I'm like, John, this is the best thing ever. I love this. He's like, Jeremy, stop saying that. If you keep saying <laughs> that, I'm charging you. You're having too much fun. You're not allowed to, to have this much You're fun. You're supposed to be so, working. Right. So um, that's kind of how the, the journey started. And um, just uh, it, it goes from there. But Well, I, I love the approach. I mean, as I'm listening to you, I'm just the thing that's like screaming in my head is just go sell something. Like, don't worry yeah. about any other stuff. Just go sell something. And if somebody will buy it, then you can put together all of the other stuff. Um, and, you know, we've been emailing back and forth the last couple of days on on uh, something new that I think we're going to be uh, starting. And that's going to be that's the approach. Like there won't be a Web page for it. There won't be yes. anything for it until we've sold some because why why invest the time and the energy? It's uh, hard to break out of that. It's, it's a mindset. Even the like very successful entrepreneurs, like I know one guy in particular, he runs two eight figure companies. And he wants – there's another um, event he wants to start. Very, obviously very smart. And he still hasn't – and I'm not going to name his name, but I just – I poke his ribs every single day. But he's like um, – he has this workshop. If he started promoting the workshop, I told him all you have to do is send an email out with an application, see who's interested based off of what you want to do, and then – you know, offer them a fair price for, you know, over deliver on what, whatever you're charging. And he's like, well, what's the name going to be? I got to figure out the website. I'm like, really? Like three months later, you're still, you don't need a website. You don't need a name. So we all get, we think we need it like perfect before we release it. 
And the reality is if you're delivering value to someone and solving a pain point for them, that's really all you need, you know? So. Yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of that comes from, personally, I think it's procrastination excuse. And I've, uh, and I don't think procrastination is necessarily a bad thing. I think we all do it. Um, and, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and, and you, there's probably something there. It's, I find that it's lack of clarity most of the time. Like if I'm kicking something around and I haven't taken any action on it, it's because I don't have any clear picture of what I'm really trying to do yet. Yeah. And my mind is preventing me from going forward for, you know, for a, a good reason um, until I get that clarity. So then, you know, what, what's the answer to getting moving? It's, you know, sit down and get the clarity. Yeah. And I am guilty of this, right? Like I make, I've made that mistake many times over where, oh, this, I have this great idea in the shower. I'm like, oh my, this, people are going to love this. And then you go create it and there's crickets. And the flip side, you know, what, what I find is the biggest grounding like, uh, thing, you know, if anyone's married, right. Um, your wife will put you in your place. Okay. If I have this great idea, like ne- never happened to me. I don't know right, what you mean. Exactly. <laughs> I go back to her. This is you know, it, it's coming up too, Steve. Like we have an event coming up, and John and I are like, okay, what's the big wow factor we're going to create for this? We thought of something. This is going to be amazing. Um, and we go, I go, here's what we're thinking. And she's like, why would you do that? That's horrible. <laughs> oh, glad I asked. You glad well, we? It goes back. You asked someone. Uh, and get feedback. And once you get that feedback, you probably will save you a lot of time, energy, and money. So absolutely, absolutely. It, well, I'm, I'm going to be at other... that next event, so I'm expecting something like a big, big wow yes, factor. Exactly. Uh, that's awesome. So, how do you balance? Um, it's got to be challenging running multiple businesses. How do you balance all of that and keep it all straight and have a family? My first answer is just don't sleep. So. You know, go to bed at, uh, um, I've been trying to get better. The, the word I, I try and maintain all things in my health. The worst thing I have is sleep. So unfortunately, um, you know, the past three nights I've gone to bed at like three 30 or four. And you know, when you have young kids, they are kicking you in the morning to wake up at six 30, you know, getting kicked in the head. So, um, that's one thing just when you have an extra, you know, you can work two eight hours. Like if someone's working eight hours for one job, wait eight hours for the other, um, or six, six and six, you have 18 hours. So like, or even more then you can get it all done. Um, but really the, the, I segment my day. And so I block off times for specific things. So like, for instance, from, you know, uh, eight to nine thirty usually doing, uh, making calls, whatever I need to be doing for rise 25 Then nine 30 to noon, um, is more patient time. Noon to two 33 is more, again, maybe I'm doing interviews, um, for inspired insider or I'm doing, you know, I have calls for rise 25 and then two 33 to six patients and then six to seven 30 or whatever it is. Um, you know, actually, uh, doing calls for rise 25 and then go home and, you know, Lee, my wife, Lee is a child psychologist. She has a practice. And so she's sometimes getting back late cause all her clients are, um, after school. So sometimes we'll have dinner at 
like last night it was like nine o'clock and we had dinner and then we hang out. I put her to bed cause she goes to sleep earlier and then I go back in, you know, and the good thing is John's on Pacific time. So if it's midnight or two, you know, it's only 10 o'clock or midnight his time. So we have some, some room to play there. Um, and then I was on calls, um, from, you know, nine, uh, like 1030 to 1130, 1130 to 1230 and just doing work on whatever I need to get done till like three in the morning. So, um, yeah, wow. I mean, just segmenting the day. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't say, I would say every other day can be like that where I'm up really late. I try not to do that every night. The problem is, Steve, if I get sleep one night, then I feel so revived that I just naturally – when you do something you're passionate about and you're excited to wake up with every morning, it's like people are like, Why, how are you doing that? And it's just it's just because it drives you to do it. There's no – it's like I feel like this is exciting and it's fun. It's not a drag. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. Uh, so I segment my day is the answer. And there's other tools I use which I suggest people use that helps shortcut – um, cause it's not with like a huge staff or team either. Um, you know, there's two office managers in the office that I have. I have several, uh, massage therapists, employees. So, um, you know, they're helping see patients as well, but really we have one assistant at rise 25 and the suggestions I use and you, you do a really good job with this, you know, really systemizing things and whatever you can be doing with automation or people you can, but, um, acuity scheduling I use like any scheduling, um, app. So you're not back and forth with seven emails. Um, it's just, Hey, book a time and you're done. Um, that has saved me tons of time. And then I use enounce is one of my favorite tools. So if I, like when I'm doing research, um, or if I'm trying to, to get some stuff done, um, with that enounce is a, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a web no, app. No. Um, basically it speeds up everything, audio or video on your computer up to three times. So if YouTube pops up, that little slider pops up and you can slide it however fast you want the video or audio to go. So usually I listen to everything at three times speed, whether it's an audible book or audible book, I listen maybe two, two and a half, but anything on the computer is three times speed audio or video, which helps me just get things done or do research, whatever I need to do. So oh, you're good. I, I can't keep up with it that fast. I've tried. I've you tried could. with Audible. Um, I've tried with Audible about two, two and a half times. And that's it's just hard to understand. So I back it down a little bit, but I can't go at one after I, you know, I, I, I tend to play yes. that and I play podcasts at like one and a half. Yeah. And if you back it back down, oh my gosh, it takes so long to well, that's listen to anybody zone. talk. So it's a com- people have a comfort. I feel like that is like a comfort zone. Like as soon as you grow it, like you go to one point five speed, you go back to one. You're like, this is. Will you just hurry it up? Like let's go. So <laughs> yeah. people are thinking that right now as they're listening to us. It's like right now, get enounce and like listen to speed. You know, and it doesn't make Steve sound like a chipmunk, but it will actually allow you to listen to more of Steve's podcast episodes. Which go. I've listened to even amazing episode with Dan Cashell and many other, you know, top people. So um, it like it just amazing. If you shortcut time, like how do you get it all done? Um, you know, if it's a, you know, it's a 21 minute podcast, you get done in seven minutes. It seems like nothing. Um, so the balance, you ask the balance side of things. I'm horrible at balance, Steve. I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like, 
my balance is off at this point in my life. That's what it is. Um, I tr- always tr- strive to, you know, one one of my goals was in business and life was to, um, like I was missing a lot of breakfast and things. So my goal is okay, have breakfast with the kids every day. Like that was a goal. Um, and so, you know, when I get back later, I can't do that. So there's only certain nights I have dinners um, with the kids. And so the other goal that, you know, we have business goals, we have life goals, which is, okay, like breakfast every day, one, dinner every day, two. So um, I'm working, uh, I'm constantly working on the balance side of things. But if someone's figured out the balance thing, I'd love to talk to them. I have not figured it out at all. Well, let's talk about that um, a little bit more in just a second. We're going to be back with more from Dr. Jeremy Wise. Hang on. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net, forward slash iTunes. You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right. We're back with Dr. Jeremy Wise, the, the, uh, the wise guy, I think. Um, and, 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 and in the best possible way, um, lots of wisdom. I've learned a lot from you. Um, and in fact, I credit you with, uh, with getting this podcast off because your magical, yeah, your magical spreadsheet that broke down every step. And I realized, oh, I now know everything I have to get other people to do so that I can just show up and do what I'm good at, which is having these conversations because the rest of it, forget it. Um, that, that really is what got this started. So thank you for that. We we were talking about balance and, um, I mean, I think this is the thing that everybody struggles with. We've talked about this with a couple of other guests. And my my approach to it is that, you know, you're never really in balance. Yeah. I mean, if you think about what balance actually is for a human, I mean, I, you know, people can't see us, but I'm standing up doing, you know, doing this interview and balance is me, my body being pulled to fall over by gravity all That's the time. True. I'm always out of analogy. balance and yeah. I'm just adjusting. Yeah, that's a great way of seeing it. Yes, I mean, I think that's the way it is with work. I mean, it's I'm always out of balance one way or another. And and, um, you know, some days like Saturday, we're going to the beach, just my wife and I, Um, I'm going to be totally out of balance towards my relationship with my wife and not look at anything work related. You know, today I'm mostly working. So that's the way I have looked at it, because I, I could never master the 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 way that people talk about it, you know, in the kind of the popular way where everything's got to have its place and you have all these rigid rules. I just couldn't get it to work. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, one thing, maybe it's a, it's a rationalization, but one thing I try and do at least because if I'm out of balance um, and whether it's I am with the family all that day or I'm with the, the you know, or if I'm in business all that day is really putting my attention on that. So if I'm with the family, I don't want to be like half with them and half on the computer and email and things like that. And same thing at work. Like if I'm there, I'm focused and getting things done, focusing on that and not 
having other distractions weigh in because it just wouldn't allow me to be focused and um, be as efficient. So I, I try and zero in on those facts where you when it's that time, that's when I'm zoned in on that, that helps me. I don't know if it's a rationalization or not, but, um, yeah, that balance thing is always in my mind. Yeah. I think it is for everybody. Um, I don't know if that's just that we read it a lot and we're yeah. supposed to I mean, that's part it, of but... the, it's part of the, you know, trading time for dollars and doing one to many, because if you can even shape, it's not even about, sitting on a beach somewhere and doing work, but it's about, let's say you had, if I could had 10 hours of client work and I can boil that into two, that saves me another eight hours of time, whether I dedicate that to business or family. Um, but you know, the trading one-on-one time of dollars is, um, doesn't give you that leverage. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, because I, I know you and I know that's something you're really passionate about helping other professionals figure out and kind of get them to a point where they they have a little bit of scale. There's, you know, even if they are still trading time for dollars, they've they've added a little multiplication symbol in the middle. So they're getting, more, exactly. you know, exponentially more dollars for the time they're investing. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about that. How are you guys? You know, I know you and John Corcoran are, are working together with a lot of entrepreneurs to do that. Um, what are the big levers when you're working with somebody? How do you find that thing where you go, yeah, this is the the way you need to start multiplying your results? So the first thing with, with people and, and most people, again, like they're service-based professionals. So they have a large component, which they're working one-on-one. Um, we find there, there's two kind of leverage points. There's um, one-to-many lead generation and one-to-many sales. So implementing tools in a lead generation aspect, it's like you could still be doing the one-on-one, but um, work, delivery, and but people are doing one-on-one lead generation. They're like going to a networking event or they're talking to someone on the phone. So getting people just to implement one piece of a leveraged one-to-many lead generation communication, right? Pod, this podcast is one of those things, right? Right now, there can be... You're not talking to one person. You're, there could be hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people listening to this. So, and in addition, communicating with them. So, a lot of people, very sophisticated people I know, successful, like don't implement an autoresponder to the extent that they should. So, it's just simple, one to many. So, it could be as simply as just using your autoresponder. I know people, they have the autoresponder. You know, what I mean by that is if people know AWeber, People use Infusionsoft, people use Constant Contact, they use MailChimp, all those ones. But what they do is they send out broadcast messages. Let's say they're not using one. So there's step one. You need to put people on an email list to communicate with them with what you do. So you're you know, sharing your knowledge and seeing as an expert. Number two is sharing on a regular basis. So what I find some people do, and I'm guilty of this too, um, is they just send broadcast messages. They don't have a really well flushed out follow-up sequence. So when someone goes in, you, you just have to get them on the list. And now the work you've already done leads them through, stepping them through actually what you do, your services, your products, whatever it is, without you having to do anything. Um, usually my, my sites that I have, I build out at least 52 of them. So they're getting one a week for a year because I'll send out – 
broadcast messages throughout um, so they may get more than one a week. But building out a one-to-many lead generation communication, um, webinars, you know, people doing webinars. So these are those like small things that produce huge results is implementing a one-to-many strategy like an autoresponder, making sure you have the follow-up messages. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that go into that with um, the proper, um, you know, opt-in, whatever you're delivering value on the front end. Um, and doing like a podcast, something's one-to-many, something that's a one-to-many uh, webinar. Um, so we find out what that person loves to do. I mean, some people don't want to do video, right? Some people don't want to do audio. Some people just want to communicate via email. So that's more of a fit. So we find out where people's strengths lie and then what makes most sense for their particular industry and what's the, you know, really what's simple. We don't want some complicated thing that someone's not going to do. It's about implementing something that's simple. Um, so that's one, a one-to-many lead generation and communication strategy. And the other end is the, the one-to-many sales uh, stuff. So people are like, well, what do I do as far as that goes? And you know there's a lot of different ways to skin that. And it goes back to – I always tell – people always go right to the medium. Well, I'm going to produce an online course. And we're like, well, whoa, what are you going to do an online course about? Like do, do the people who buy from you even want an online course, right? Uh, maybe they want an in-person workshop. Right. So it goes always goes back to asking the your potential customer what they actually want and how they consume it. But uh, any one to many option. So we try and figure out like one particular person who is in who came to the last retreat. uh, Mark was in logistics. So he builds out um, like if you go to like Costco, Walmart, like those shelving units, they'll go in. They will build out the shelving units. That's a one. It's still a, it's a big client maybe, but it's a one-to-one work where you have to go in, you have to install the shelving and everything like that. So he wanted to do more of a one-to-many option. Well, did he want to do? Did people in the industry do an online course? Would they do a workshop? Would they do a group coaching program? The easiest way, the simplest way we saw for him is he's reaching out to top people in the industry, do a one-day workshop, and. Do exactly what we said. Just tell people you're not creating a website. You're not even creating the event. You just reach out to all of them and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Um, you know, here's the format. What do you think? Uh, what do you think we should, you know, people then get hung up on what do you charge for that? Just ask them, like, what would be a value? What do you think we should charge? Um, reached out and in 30 days put together a one-day workshop. Um, got some sponsors from it and that's a one to many like usually that's lead generation and sales because before he was just calling people what do you what are your needs what are your needs one on one now he puts all of them in a room you know 30 people in a room and he's the expert so he's delivering content he's bringing other people edifying them sponsors and other people who he trusts and he did from that one day he did $30,000 and he got over $200,000 worth of business in the next week from that one-to-many workshop and that wasn't you know the how many we were talking it was like how many calls would that have taken you to to get um so just doing something where you're grouping people that could be not something as fancy as that just grouping two people or three people on a call it could be five people hosting in your office it doesn't have to be complicated and people say well i don't have a list or i don't have this you just i said you have like a phone that you have contacts on that you can text message um 
and if someone was thinking about doing an executive breakfast um, because they wanted to attract uh, you know potential prospects, introducing their current customers, well, you know they were getting way complicated with it about I gotta do this this email sequence and these video letters. I'm like, can you just text like ten people and ask them if they want to come to breakfast? Like it doesn't have to be that complicated. We immediately go to that, but um, you don't need an email list. You just need your LinkedIn, your Facebook contacts, your text messages, and just say, hey, if you know you're filling a pain and a need, then you're going to get people coming in. So, yeah. Well, and one of the things that I, I like about professional services, you know, because we work with with folks that, that would all, you know, call themselves, you know, professionals and, and they're delivering a service of some kind or another. But what, what's great about it is they're almost always selling a high dollar thing, right? So even if like in the, the example of, of your yeah. logistics guy, you know, those are probably pretty, pretty large. You're exactly right. Contracts. So you Huge. don't have to have a thousand people in a room to make a lot of money. And yeah. one of the things we tell our clients over and over and over again, cause we're big proponents of, of, you know, putting people in a room or putting them on a webinar. It's to me, that is the, easiest way to take someone who is maybe potentially a client and get them to a point where you can have a yeah. conversation with them about actually becoming a client is get them in a room because you can control the environment a little bit there and they're going to see you as yeah. an authority. But we tell our clients all the time, look, if, if you do this month in and month out and you, let's say you do one little seminar a month and you get 10 people around a conference table you can change your world for, for most professionals. 100%. 100%. You know, but most people go immediately to the, gosh, it won't be a success if I don't get 50 people there. And like, it, that, that's, that's all difficult. That's a great point. You, Steve, it's a mindset thing. And I think that the, the failure holds people back. And we posted something, John and I, and people are like, well, what if I do a webinar and no one shows up or one person shows up? Or I've two done that. Up? And I, we, I'm still here. I've done it. Right. And the other thing is we screenshotted it. This happened like two weeks ago. I think we had maybe one or two people show up for one of the calls. We screenshotted it and said, by the way, the people don't care. They, they care about, wow, I get personalized attention from these people. It's all our own mind that thinks this is not successful. They're going to think I'm not successful. They're going to think I'm a fraud or whatever, whatever our mind goes to. And the reality is that person's there and go, wow, I'm so glad there's not 50 other people here because now I get some personal attention with Steve. And, you know, we just let certain things hold us back. And there's a big mindset thing with that. Totally. You, were, you were saying, like, when that happens, like, you're still alive and kicking, right? I'm still here. I mean, we did we did webinars after that, and we've done them with lots of people. We've, you know, I think the biggest one we've had was um, 500 people on the call. Um, and that, that, that was its own disaster because we lost sound thanks to the technology, but, uh, but you survive all of that stuff. I mean, we, yeah. we had our biggest sales day ever off of that thing. And, um, I had people stay on that webinar until the end, even though there was no sound at all the entire way through, they stayed so on for over an hour and I didn't know, you know, we found out oh. after the fact. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's a big mind. You just, that, you bring up a good point of reframing negative beliefs. So if something creeps up, you got to first really realize this is a story that we're telling. This is not true. Mm -hmm. That if someone, 
one person shows up or it's a failure or whatever the case, you need to reframe it. It's like, listen, I'm going to do it. It's going to, I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it better. But it just means that per, we, we reframe that with, it just means that person's going to get individual attention and they're going to love us even more that we don't have multiple people. Um, and the other thing you brought up, which was really smart is they, you know, doing the one to many and having a lower priced offering or free offering allows them to get you in their world. And John and I call the big bag of money problem, because if you're going to someone and you have a, the contract, they can get a hundred thousand dollar contract or nothing. It's like a big decision. But if you're like, come to this $200 workshop, it's not as big of a commitment. You are positioned, like you said, as the expert. And it's much easier for them to do business and trust you. And they've already spent some money with you and getting them stepped into your world. Because like you, you're right, a lot of service professionals, it's like I have nothing. And then I have a large ticket item. And that there's nothing between. And there's one thing we talk about a lot with the product ladder. You need to have different things on the product ladder to serve them so that you can serve people at different different spots. Well, and I think um, you do think, an amazing job of this, honestly. I, so, well, that's funny yeah. you say it because I don't feel like we do. Uh, but, um, but I'll tell you one of the things that, that always, you know, in, in, in the past got in my way with that concept of kind of, you know, ascending people through is, um, you know, really not giving enough value to like, if you, let, let's say, you're an attorney, okay, and you handle wills and estates and, you know, complicated stuff for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody's going to go do that themselves. But the the trap we get into as professionals is thinking, well, if I tell them how to think about all this stuff, then, you know, nobody's going to need me anymore. But actually, they'll come and they'll, you know, either listen to you for free or they'll maybe pay you a little bit of money yeah. to be told how to think about it. And then they'll turn around and they'll hire you to do it. Right. And what, what we tell our clients is like, don't worry about it. You you can't possibly put, you had to go to law school or you, you went to chiropractic mm-hmm. school for, you know, years to, to learn what you know. And then you had to practice for years to right. get to the level you're at. No one that is a potential client is going to do that. And, yeah. and your prospects, if you do have do it yourselfers out there, they're not really prospects. They're never going to become a client. So, yeah, if yeah. you educate them as a byproduct, who cares? And people then trust you and they most people they don't want to do it themselves. No. You know, they want to hire someone to do it. They're like, ugh. And plus, once you start educating someone, they realize how much goes into it. They may think before, like, oh, this is easy, this is simple, just write up an estate thing. It's no problem. And then once you start educating them on all the things that are mistakes that have gone wrong that people haven't done. So I find that's a good route. People go, what are the three, you know, when they're educated and they talk about some of the big mistakes people have made, like, oh my, what other mistake? You know, that's just three of the mistakes. There's like a hundred others people make. So you're educating them and delivering value, but you're making them realize like how much there is out there that you don't want them to uh, misstep on, you know? So uh, that's, that's a fantastic point. You know, we, we don't, you can't like really over-educate someone like, oh, they'll go off. certain people will want to go off and do it on their own and they're going to do it on their own anyways, even, you know, they'll search it out. Um, so it might as well be you as the expert, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, a very powerful strategy. The, the other thing, Steve, you mentioned, which is really important is 
some people focus, and I was talking to someone the other day um, about, okay, now they're like, okay, what do I do? Like I want to flush, have a flushed out product ladder. I don't want to just offer the big bag of money. I want some, some lower end things to get them in my world. And this person was like talking about just doing, well, do I do like an ebook or I do a course? They, they immediately go to the medium or what to charge, or do I do a small membership for like $10 a month? And and my my advice is always like, who cares? I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, the biggest question is, what's the single thing that's going to get your client the most amount of value and results that you can deliver in the shortest period of time? And that is your introductory product, whatever the pr- it's priced at, because all you want to do is get that person results. And I always think of 10 times value. See, like if I'm charging someone $100, I want them getting minimum $1,000 of value out of that. If I'm charging $1,000, I want them to get them $10,000. You know, whatever it is, I want that person, you know, coming back like, wow. Like every time Jeremy and John put something out, like I want to get it because I know they're going to over deliver. And just think of the, and people because people ask, what do I price this at? Well, what's like Steve, you like if you can get what your services get people lots and lots of clients, right? It's like what's one client worth to them? Like oh, like one client's worth ten thousand. Like well, if you pay Steve like five thousand, that's like nothing. You could double off one client, and that's stuff you could do over and over again. So I look at the value that that's delivered. You know well, I mean? and and you know talking about value, that's one of the first questions. I mean to to come into our world, we ask potential clients to to fill out a little um, application with some information so we can understand kind of where they are. It's one of the first things we ask because I don't ever want to work with anyone for whom it's going to take, you know, a hundred sales to make it back. I want them, you know, getting, you know, at least two X on the first client yeah. they get. The next and, week. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's, it's important to understand what that value is. Now that gets difficult. So if, in in uh, you know the world I came from, um, where we were working on you know large land development projects, it was really difficult to point to, you know, if we worked for this developer and did this thing on their project, that there was X return, right? Um, I think in a lot of pro- professions, it can be difficult um, to do that. In you know, in what I do with with helping people get clients, it's we're, we're basically selling money at a discount. I mean, that's essentially the business. Um, so it's easier, but you've got to be able to f- somehow find out from them what is it worth. And they'll put a dollar figure on it for you. Um, yeah, you know. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and people are thinking, well, what do I do? Like, this sounds complicated. There's, you know, there's a lot of one to many. We talk about workshop webinars. I, what I tell people to do is, is very simple. Start with your top three to five customers that you have or past customers and it's something called a phone you just call them and you say what is and you ask them what is the most value I provide for you like when I when you we're on the phone or when I provide a service for you what gives you the most value and that is where you start when you have that conversation with your clients you will start to realize what other things you should be offering um maybe on a, a lower end to get people in your world or maybe even on the higher level. If someone's in the middle of the road, some people 
you know, Steve, it's not the big bag of money. It's like the middle bag of money problem. And they have stuff. They're missing out a lot of opportunity on the loan and the high end. So people may realize I don't even have a high end service if people want more of me. Um, so I just encourage people just right now today. And by the way, is you know, like you will get more business out of this in general. So it's um, you call three of your clients um, or past clients and ask them what you do really well that no one else has done and you'll start to get some clarity. Yeah, absolutely. Very good advice. Well, I know um, we, we have run a little bit long today and that's okay. Cause this has, I think been very valuable. Um, one uh, last question I have for you, and then I want to make sure everybody can find you on the web and, and uh, get in touch with you if, if they want to. Um, so what I'd really like to know is uh, what's on top of your reading list right now. What are you reading? You know, so I listen to like two to five books a week on Audible. Um, and I could tell you what's the top of my reading list, but I'll tell you also while I'm looking at um, what my top books of all time are that I try and listen to every single year. Um, this past year, and I have the concepts from it, Never Split the Difference is one of my all-time favorites. Chris Voss, X, have you read it yet? I haven't it's, read uh, it, but he's, it's been recommended um, on the show a couple times. Um FBI hostage negotiator, uh, amazing book, amazing stories, um, just phenomenal for business uh, as well. Um, so I have all the notes on that book, like in front of me on my whiteboard, um, so that I don't forget them. Um, Shoe Dog is one of my all-time favorites. It's like um, for any entrepreneur or business owner, I feel like it's like therapy. <laughs> like just to hear what he went through, because if it's the founder of Nike went through it. All these things is like, okay, like everyone is going through these problems. Like everyone experienced. It's like ther it was therapy for me, Steve. Um, Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely. I don't know if anyone out there has listened to that. That yeah, is just I'm going, phenomenal. I'm actually listening to that think. right now. Yeah, great Okay, book. one of my favorites. Um, I, mean, I can go on and on. Sell with Story is right now. I just finished Sell with Story. I'm always intrigued with stories and how people tell stories and better ways to tell stories because that's what – businesses it's it's a a sales story a marketing story and stories people listen to and they remember stories and so i'm always made to stick is another one that always talks about stories um so just finished sell with with a story um, by paul smith um tell to win is one of my favorites on stories um made to stick is one of my favorites on stories um on my list for balance i'll give you a balance one all those are business ones the art of happiness by the dalai lama um you know, really it comes down to, for me, um, it's happening. I mean, when it comes down to financial freedom, free, all that stuff, it, it all comes down to what makes you happy. And so I just love kind of that grounding uh, piece from the art of happiness. So, yeah, I can keep going on like, all day because I love. <laughs> you, like, you've just I, given me a lot of reading to do. Oh, yeah. Like I could. I uh, just love auto books because for me, the most important thing I do, like I said in the beginning, was a mentorship and learning from people who have done it or are doing it. Well, you don't need to know anyone. You could just go on Audible and listen to these people's stories and learn from them and what they did. So that's why I try and do as much as humanly possible. I'm going to have to work my way up to listening at three times speed on what's Audible your, to, to catch up with all the books. What's your favorites? What are you, what's the top of yours? Uh, on my all-time list? Um, I need some. And so, well, know. so, um, I, I try and, and read the Bible regularly. And I think whether, you know, that's part of your 
spiritual belief or not, uh, there's just some really good wisdom in there. So um, I I start there. Uh, I read Think and Grow Rich at least once a year. That's a great um, one. Yeah. And, um, and one that a lot of people haven't heard of, but Napoleon Hill yeah. wrote, uh, it's called Outwitting the Devil. Hmm. And I if you want to figure out how to deal with the um, the fear that comes up in running a business, um, it is fascinating. Um, it was actually released just a few years ago. He wrote it be- obviously before he died. Um, outwitting the devil. Outwitting the devil. He uh, the story goes that, and I don't know if this is a true story or if they just made this up for marketing, but it's it's a good story. <laughs> Probably uh, a combination of both. Yeah. <laughs> so the story was that he wrote it, and then he he forbid it uh, to be published until after his de- until actually some X number of years after his death, and so his. Um, hmm. Uh, I believe his daughter and um, whoever was in charge of yeah, the estate. Some, yeah. Who, just... some, somebody got it published here recently. Um, yeah. Excellent book. Uh, I'd actually get it on audible and listen to it that way. Rather it's than, an audible. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, I, and, I, and that's the way to do it. Well. I've read it and listened to it. So any other gems like that, that people haven't heard of that, that I should go out and get right now. Gosh, I don't know that people have heard of that. Uh, um, you know, those are, uh, those are the three that I, I go back to regularly. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm constantly reading. Something. Another one um, that's like one of those therapy for business owners, entrepreneurs like Shoe Dog is um, called High Hanging Fruit. Um, and it's the story of the founder of Zico Coconut Water. I don't know if anyone, if they know that, but it's the story of how he started it and then what ended up happening with, uh, Zico Coconut Water. But it's also one of those, like, you're like, oh my, yes, I experienced that. Yes, I experienced <laughs> that. Those challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, so, Absolutely. um, but outwitting the devil, I am getting that anyone who listens to Steve, like, to this, you need to listen to what this man says. I mean, if you know half of the systems and the things that you do behind the scenes to make everything work, it's really remarkable. And every time I talk to you or I'm with you, I learn something new and I make sure to implement uh, what you say. So, you know, thanks that. for everything you yeah. do. Yeah, and and uh, I do the same when I'm around you. So tell me um, and tell everyone listening, how can they get a hold of you? Where can they find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, simply people can go to rise25.com and see what we're up to. Um, there is a, we talked about the product ladder. We have like a product ladder template that lets people download it and you can, it gives a little instructions on how you can fill it out so to flush out your product ladder. Um, but yeah, everything we, we have is there. So you can check that out. Cool. All right. Well, Jeremy, thanks for uh, investing some time with me today. This has been a yeah, lot of fun. This is great. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks in Chicago. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.